Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we explore the world of hospitality by chatting with its most colorful characters. What's going on, Tim? What's new, Danny? Give it to me. Just bringing the energy. Okay. Woo! Woo, indeed. Um, What do you got? Yeah, I don't know. You know, something that uh, this week's guest, Maggie Hennessy, was bringing up was uh, before we started recording was just the, the cost of her coffee being a little bit high. I believe it was $8 for an oat milk latte. <laughs> I'm not yeah, mistaken. Specific. I don't know where it was from, <laughs> yeah, but it, was, it wasn't an unmarked uh, coffee cup, well, so I don't know where it was from. Yeah, which not kind Starbucks. of made me think about a recent, a couple recent ice cream outings with my son, Arthur. And I want you to ask me, what do you think I paid for two, a kid's cone and, a, and an adult cone of ice cream? Just two items adult cone Mm -hmm. and kids cone were you eating the kids cone or the adult cone the adult cone was for me interesting cone was for arthur i go kid sizes on desserts but i'm an athlete (laughs) 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 all right so two cones yeah all right is this this is just i'm just gonna this is this happened yesterday okay pre-tip or post-tip um like what out the door yeah out the no pre-tip 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 Okay, adult, and is this by the scoop or is it just an adult no, it's a portion? Cu- it's a, Soft yeah, serve. I don't want to give too much away, but just, yeah. well, it's not scoops. It's yeah, soft it's, serve. It's not scoops. Okay, um, and these are cones, not dishes. Yep. Okay, got it. Sugar cone. Um, they only had one type of cone. Oh, I know where you were, you dog. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Now it's like. All right. I think you're out the door. I think we should have been way more vague. No, this, I but. think you're out the door for twenty one bucks. Yeah, for t- for a kid's cone and an adult cone, yeah, 20 bucks. Oh, pretty good. But, like, are we at the point where $10 in ice cream is the standard? Well, now it's time for you to reveal. You don't have to reveal where no, you I work. Don't, I think like, I know. I'm but not like, trying to. I'm just saying. But like, what were the flavors? Because, like, if you're if this is, like, a regular vanilla no, bean just, ice cream, or if yeah, you've got, like, like, a, twirl, it was a, like a fudge twirl, twirl a with a topping, cone, and, you yeah, know, swirl, how, how extravagant cone. are you getting with your ice cream? No toppings. Not extravagant. Topless? <laughs> Top, <laughs> All right, toppingless. fine. <laughs> no, it's just, like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's enough is enough. But, I mean, you know. It's, like, sad. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, no, it's... But you're not yeah. deterred. You're still I out mean, there I, getting the I ice cream. I won't go back to that place probably for it. Well, no, you got to save up. <laughs> <laughs> you got to splurge, baby. Yeah. No, yeah. You know, you, you never know anyone's unique circumstances, and obviously rents keep escalating, et cetera, et cetera. So people have to make make money to survive. And, of course, I understand that as someone who owns bars and restaurants. Um but it's just like tough. I guess it's it's tough to readjust. Yeah. And I feel like post pandemic it's just been yeah, it's difficult to to re to adjust to the to the new prices of things. And I guess I have to probably get over that. That's on me. But it's just jarring at first. Yeah. No, I I know. I think I've told you we have a rule where I can't complain about food costs anymore in my house. It's just cuz Shannon's sick of hearing about it. Yeah. Also like you, what's the, the point of continuing to complain it's not it's not going to change anything yeah and I, yeah that's true but maybe shifting shopping habits <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah could help uh yeah decrease i think that's the burden yeah that's that kind of influenced why we get a lot of stuff at trader joe's now yeah here's a plug for tj's <laughs> yeah what sorry, about aldi i noticed you never talked about aldi yeah. it's the same company danny no i haven't yeah i'm not yeah 
I think TJ's just works better for our family. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't, Hey, I don't look down on anything. Do what you got to do. Yeah. I My dad's Mr. Aldi. Every time I go out there, he's like, you got to try this. And I'm like, I, he's like, it's from, I'm like, I know where it's from, dad. You only go to Aldi. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, switching gears. Switching gears here. Fun conversation this week. Someone we enjoy on a personal level. I was lucky enough to run into this guest at the uh, Guinness Brewery, um, soft opening, I guess. And uh, we ended up chatting the whole time. Yeah, we had a really, in a while. really good time, seamless conversation with Maggie Hennessy. It's a guest you don't have to worry about. Yeah. You know it's going to be a good time. We were immediately at ease. Yeah. And uh, just and talking food stuff. Yeah. An extremely observant person who has a knack for sniffing out the quirks in the food world and then applying a nice amount of commentary to yeah, highlight some of these a, things that a, are like a positively weird perspective yeah yeah in the best way possible a weird positive a positive weird perspective yeah and she writes she's a freelance writer but new york times salon magazine time out chicago uh vine pair some of the places you can find her writing uh, she also has a Substack you can check out um, I'm, I'm a fan of her writing and I encourage you to check her out if you're not already familiar. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Maggie Hennessy. It's good to be back in the chair. Yeah, well, yeah. Is it? I have to ask. Is yeah. it intimidating? We, we, well, the, well, first off, of, this light should not be. Oh yeah, let me turn that. Oh yeah, <laughs> does feel a little um, interrogationy. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, well, it's going to feel like that sure. anyway. Yeah. We, we make you look into the moon. So or a little setup, like cover girl. Yeah. <laughs> can you Vogue? Mm, no, <laughs> we, I can, but. It, I, I we had the, pick, my eight dollar yeah. oat latte. It's starting to kick in. <laughs> It'll be vibrating. We didn't pick any of the gear. Well, when we, our producer Matt sent us like suggestions, and it was like the low end, the medium end, and the but high. The end. low end was like a My Fisher Price first <laughs> podcast studio, <laughs> pretty much. And so we went kind of middle of the road. So we didn't know anything about this, the mics, the stands, any of this. And then when we're like, oh, we need to introduce like a video element, yeah. then we asked Guzo, who does our film. For stuff, and he's like, "Well, this is the this is the uh, light you need." And we're like, "Is there anything smaller?" <laughs> this is, we're in a very small room. And he's like, yeah. "No," and he's it's like, "This like is four the foot small diameter." One. Yeah, he's it's like, this very is the oversized small one. for this little room. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, you just mount it to the wall, and no one will notice." No but one will I notice. Like I didn't see it. I'm glad you mentioned also, it. Also, if like I tipped it, if I just touched it, it would fall onto Tim. Yeah. The man in the moon. Yeah. It I've does feel like that. I've thought about having a little string that I could, at some point in the interview, just like tug a tug tiny it. bit and have it just crash on the Tim. <laughs> or there's like south. a little bucket of slime on top of it and it just slimes Tim. Yeah, this is a Nickelodeon podcast. <laughs> that would be amazing. There are that's a good sponsor. question. If you could slime one Chicago chef, Danny, oh, God. who are you sliming? That's a great question. If I could slime someone, that's tough. Do you have an answer for that? I don't, but my answer would be, it would have to be somebody who would take it well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Posey would be my answer. Really? I think he would find it. Not funny in the moment, probably, but mm. he, would, he would find it funny ultimately. Mine is Zaragoza, because I know you can't offend that guy. He, he, would, he, would, li- he would be excited. He would laugh. He would, I think he would enjoy it, actually. Sue would also think it was very funny. Yeah, yeah, true. true. Mine is John Mannion. Mm. I don't, 
because man, you'd be like, really, guys? Yeah, because he's a cranky old man, and I just want to do stuff like that to him every chance I get. Yeah. He'd be a good sport about it, but he'd be like, because he's not of the Nickelodeon era. No, he's not. They didn't. He wasn't watching. But now uh, he has little kids, so I guess he's, he, that's kind of his life anyway. Yeah. See, I miss the the chair, the podcast chair, because it's like you're the best your voice can ever sound yeah you think so i do because it's like i hate the sound of my voice but i guess do you hate it less on this though um i think i hate it less only because i've gotten used to it oh my god see to me i was like it's like the sexiest your voice can sound because it's like just above a whisper (laughs) i like how you said whisper you know what i mean and it's like you're in a padded room because the I had this in my head, like when, so I did the podcast Overserved yeah. with Ari Benderski. And yeah. Ernest how long Wilkins. did you guys run for? Oh God. It was probably like two years. We kind of shut down early in COVID. Okay. Um, so it was COVID it. that yeah. shut it down. Yeah. And also then I moved to New Mexico. <laughs> Sorry. That'll, that'll get you. <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> but I remember like having this thought, like a few, cause I don't, I hate the sound of my voice and I have to do interviews and transcribe them. So then I'll go back and be like, Ugh, who's that? Like asking the questions. But then during this, it was like, wow, I sound like this is the best I'll ever sound. And then I remember my friend, my best friend got married and we were at the rehearsal dinner and her dad listened to the podcast and he like came up to me and he was like, oh, your voice sounds really different in person. And then I was like, no, it's because it's kind of like shrill and nasally when I'm in the wild. But like when it's, you know what I mean? This yeah. is like the, I, I think, think the like, ideal decibel of people's voices. I always this. think of the delicious dish. Yes. Yes. And exactly. There's a little bit of ASMR going on there, especially yes. when they're eating the sweaty balls. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's just the like the closeness <laughs> to the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so how did that podcast come to be? Um, well, Ari and I, Ari, you know, is a a food and drink writer as well. And, um, we met, um, right before this, we went on a press trip to Portugal together. We went on a friend date, um, to GT Fish and Oyster, RIP. Oh, GTFO. Yeah. And we sat at the bar and it was like, uh, this amazing immediate chemistry. And I like to, Ari's like fancy and I'm kind of not lowbrow lowbrow and so we had this like rapport right away and oscar and felix a little yeah yeah totally and so it was like oh wouldn't it be fun because like the way we play off each other the types of questions we ask are super different so we're like let's do a podcast together and interview a bunch of people in hospitality because we do it anyway and yeah i mean it's not it wasn't an original might as well get paid the big bucks to do it That was part of the struggle for me because I would like aggressively prepare. I would do like all this research on the people who would come in and then I'd be like, oh my God, how do we make money doing this? Like, it's not possible. And I want to be a writer first and foremost. So I was starting to get like stressed about taking so much time doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, so much shit I do is for so little money anyway. (laughs) It will come as no surprise to any listeners that this is a uh, fun thing for Danny and I to do. And we both have it. businesses that, we, that support our lives. I love your podcast. Thank I you tend to listen yeah. to the writers a lot. Sorry, because I'm obsessed yeah. with writers. We so. only had a writer great. in a minute, so I'm glad to have you in. I just yeah. listened to Mike Sula, and I was like, holy shit. To, to have no deadlines and no um, word count limits 
I've never existed in a world like of writing that. like that. Yeah. What are Whoa. the things, what are the annoying things that you face as a writer other than those, I guess? Um, finding places that will publish the stuff I want to write. Do you yeah. prefer, like, <clears throat> I assume you get assignments. Yeah, well, some, yeah. So is it most, but it's mostly you coming up with concepts. Yes. And then do you ever pitch the concept before you write it or do you write it and then you shop around the piece? I never write before getting like confirmation i'll be paid. Get paid okay yeah that's why partly why i started i started a Substack like in august because i would get all these weird ideas and have nowhere to put them yeah um how has the Substack been <laughs> i don't know <laughs> small <laughs> following very small yeah i mean um, we were just talking about it and it's like of course the it's incredible to support a bunch of Substacks and stuff like that but at some point there There's are so, so many. many of them out there and you're like, well, how do I make the decision of like who to support, who not to support? To me, it's a really, it's amazing because like I came, so, and then I'll answer your question because pitching is like really kind of a, a it's thing. a fucking nightmare and well, it's, it's fun strategy, to talk about it too. So we'll yeah, get to it. Yeah. We can get to it. But like I came out of journalism school in 2006 and like there were no journalism jobs. Everyone from my graduating class like went straight to law school. It was like newspaper, you know, basically when the internet happened and newspapers and magazines like and made this knee jerk decision to like, let's make content free. So thus began like this great dismantling. of. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that publishing is messed up, but mm -hmm. I think making content free at the beginning, because they didn't know that it would be the thing that took over. There was still so much focus on print Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that I think it caused people to stop attaching value to like written word by people who are trained. And then it was like blogging happened. So yeah. what I love about Substack is it's basically like, 2010 again but now everyone has a newsletter it's like blogging is back you yeah. know and like then when i was a young writer writing for like reuters about hedge funds i didn't even know what hedge funds were um blogging became like "Ooh, i'm gonna do like a cooking blog because i'm obsessed with food and but i'm in this job to make money and i hate it and eventually I went to culinary school when I got laid off, but like, Oh, whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, Neither I did, did I. for like a year. Uh, Kendall, they oh, used nice. to do a professional certificate program. It was like a year and it was mostly like a bunch of career changers who were trying to be caterers and like personal chefs. And so we went at night and I was working at a magazine during the day. Um, and yeah, and then I, it was like a, like a book, you know, it was like a little, like a movie. I'm like, doing stories about chefs during the day and then like get my knife kit and like go to Kendall at oh, night. That's cool. It was like, did you dig it? I loved it. And it was fun. Cause I was the only writer and they didn't know what to do with me. There was like no food writing program then. And so, you know, like I would be like, Oh, cause there was a, they have a restaurant at Kendall mm -hmm. and I'd be like, can I just like observe the students doing dinner service? So I'd sit there like with my notebook and take notes and they're all just like, hmm, whatever. Um, and so, and then I would just write about it. And like the only people who read it were people in my class, but like as a writer, the most important thing you can do is practice like relentless. It's like yeah, cooking. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to write every day. And so I would just like <clears throat> write about what we learned in class. And it was sort of like self-deprecating a lot of the times because it's like, I don't know, these guys, like it was like these old chefs, you know, and they're like, stop like why are you leaning over the cutting board pull it close you know and you're just like i don't know i'm new like hell yeah. you know <laughs> <Told me. laughs> and i like and you look stupid like you have to wear this like 
big the blue kerchief and the big yeah, the huge toque. hat like yeah. this like and starchy clothing and, and you're in the like you know these like I don't know you're working on these like stainless tables in these pristine clean like it's like this clinical room yeah you're standing there with your little notebook and you're like off-brand Doc Martens and I don't know. Is the restaurant at Kendall still running? I don't know. I was actually, as I said it out loud, I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I know about I it because so. I took the architecture tour last summer. Mm-hmm. Something I recommend to people who live in Chicago, too. It's very 100%. interesting. I do it like at least once a year. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Best. It's always different. Yeah. And the tour guides are all really They're good. Great. The ones I've, I've had, at least. Same. And this one guy, I think he's the longest tenured guy there. His name's John. He's probably in his late 70s. But he said that he and his wife used to always go to Kendall College for like these certain meals mm-hmm. where I don't know if it was like a dissertation, but it was like, it was like a pre menu yep. of like for like $25 or something. It was cheap. And yeah. cause they, everyone, they had to learn all the stations and they had to do front of house and wine. So, and so it was cool. Like you'd bring your own, I think it was BYO. We'd bring a wine. And I remember one time this just like one of the students was, she could not get this bottle of wine mm. open. It was like it's excruciating. Yeah. It was like, and she kept being, "How's your evening?" You know, and she, you could <laughs> yeah. tell she's like sweating. <laughs> she's and I'm like, panic. "Dude, just you don't have to make small talk." Just, but she was really struggling. Uh. But it's cool. Like they, it's and because it's like open to the public, it like has that intensity of yeah. of dinner service. You know, it's, it's like when fun. we were on the boat and Danny w- was struggling with a bottle of wine, <laughs> and like eventually there's just like blood pouring out of his hand. What? <laughs> <laughs> What happened? Um, yeah, did we just happened? not have the proper tool? Yeah, yeah what did you try like to something, use? Uh, who knows? It I just like... read an article about this, things to use if you can't get a bottle. Do you know, the, yeah. do you know the shoe trick where you put it yeah, the bottle in the shoe, in shoe and, and you slam it against the wall? Yeah, but I, I'm too afraid. Surface. What was the, what did you use? What did you No, do? I had like, there was obviously, like there was something, maybe it was like a wax, it could have been like a wax top or something, a wax topped wine bottle and like didn't go all the, I don't know, so like it made the the corkscrew like not align i don't know something happened and it just we? like slipped through oh. yeah who knows it was shortly after outside voices opened and i was like are you sure you own a wine bar <laughs> <laughs> um how come we stopped calling it a corkscrew and started calling it a wine key yeah that's a good question is that uh, a thing did yeah. i or no, was that oh question. people they say think, it to yeah, you, you like always they've always it. been saying it but yeah, I, feel I guess that in it restaurants, only... it's always been referred to as a wine key, but okay. I think outside of restaurants, people call it a corkscrew. But now, no you know, like, regular people call it a wine key, yeah. too, and they act like yeah. that's always been the way, and I just hmm. feel like... Wine key and church key. Church key for beer, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe that's the okay yeah, missing link yeah i think we need an article written about this topic do you know what i want to write an article no i can't i can't give my shit away don't give your shit away <laughs> what you, am i doing so, we, so <laughs> i was telling danny we were, we ran into you and ari at uh the guinness brewery yeah. media thing and um i remember you you've pointed out something and you're like oh i should write about this it was something that happened there and i can't remember what it was but i remember being like oh i'm like watching the magic oh god because i think your topics are so fascinating where you're like Thank you. It's like you're almost a sociologist where you're noticing these things that, uh, or like a comedian, um, where you're you're noticing these things in society that everybody maybe walks past but doesn't pause to notice. Yeah. And, um, Thank you. And I think wow. that's interesting. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how you come up with your topics. Oh, God. And then we can talk about the pitching of, the, of these topics. Okay. Coming up with, it's really interesting because as a freelancer, I'm, I kind of take what I can get. So 
there's like so many different roads that that can go down. Like I do restaurant criticism. I do recipe features. I do personal essays. I do chef restaurant profiles. Um, I do like trend stuff sometimes, but to me, I think what you're asking about is the stuff I'm most excited about that. Like I've had the good fortune of having a few editors who are like, this is weird. Do it. Or yeah. not even weird. Just like, That's my favorite stuff to read, too. I hope so, because to me, what's interesting about food writing is that it is a, like there's a service element, like restaurant guides. It's like our kind like our best burger roundups. It's sort of like the new edition of the Yellow Pages. Like it's like mm -hmm. it's informative. It's telling you where to go. It's like supposedly vetted, like although a lot of people who write it don't have a budget to go to all these places, which almost <laughs> nobody does. Oh, right? basically yeah. nobody, which yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. But I mean, generally they do, they know more than the average bear and they can say, um, but what I like the most is like, God, it's sort of this, like, it is a little like a comedian. It's like observational. And like, I also like imbuing food with qualities, <laughs> a, like, almost like of a sentient being. <laughs> um, I'll give you an example. Like, uh, I wrote a piece recently about Kiko's, the yeah, crunchy the... Spanish snack, right? It's like mm -hmm. corn nuts. oversized corn nuts. Yeah. Kiko's with a Q, right? Yes, yeah. Q-U-I-C-O-S. Fun to say, fun to eat. And, like, for me, the idea began because I like... They're kind of shaped like a human tooth, mm -hmm. and they're really, really crunchy. Yeah. So there's like a little element of danger. And so like I began there, and I was like, oh, I imagine that if they were a person, they'd be like in a biker bar with like pool tables. It's like loud. It's like a little dangerous. Mm -hmm. But then you see them like appear like in a little bowl at Travel, which is a very shishi lounge and cocktail bar. Like... Um, on the river, you know, in the Mies van der Rohe building. And it's like people in black and white and they like dip really low to drop off your drinks in these really elegant glasses. And I think about Kiko's being there and you like chew them and like, I like to chew them a little with my mouth open because I like the sound. So it's almost yeah. like the snack like becomes, like the snack is announcing itself. Like crunchy stuff is fun to eat. Pay attention. This is one of the good parts of life. I'm going to overtake, like, every situation. Mm -hmm. So you're just, like, focusing more on your snack than, like, being, like, decorum in a bar. I'm, like, chewing with my mouth open or, like, I don't know. So I guess I'm sort of explaining it in a weird way. But I like to think about it's sort of, like, inject this little whimsy into things. Like Yeah. This, there's there's something know? to that. Like, anytime I give my dog something crunchy, I laugh. Yeah, it's just yes. funny to watch a dog. Watching eat him eat an apple loud. is the best thing in the yeah. entire world. Hmm. No, and it's, I think it's because it's like there's these scientific reasons that we like crunchy food. It's like an indicator that produce is fresh, or like oh. that fatty food. Like it's if something's fried, it's like ooh calories. Like this will sustain uh, our human bodies longer, you know. Hmm. But then it's also like it's fun, like mm -hmm. the sound. It's like and so a lot of the stuff I think that I point out is sort of elemental and childish it's like returns to something sort of childish but because food writing is a service but i think it's also very emotional I, what i like to do is sort of use it as a tool to bring people to the present like appreciate this this is one of the good parts like yeah. you have to eat to survive but also it's a pleasure and like it's sensual and it's something you do with people you love in a room that's like 
I was just walking by. I love looking at Scofflaw when it's closed. It's such a beautiful bar. Like sitting in there, it's like been around long enough that it, it's got a little age, but it's like a very elegant room. It's got that light. It like gives me that feeling like it's like Friday, the week's over. You go into a bar and someone sets a drink in front of you, like a cocktail in an elegant glass. And it's like, life is good like <laughs> right now, you know? Yeah. So I like that about food writing and I want to do more of it. But a lot of times if you pitch Bon Appetit, like, I like this snack that's shaped like a human <laughs> tooth and it's crunchy. Can I write about it? They're like, uh, no, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> so what, what does a pitch process look like? Is it, um, oh God. And, and, and part of that is, um, headlines are so important mm -hmm. but also because that's what's going to get that click mm -hmm. so do you lead with that where it's like this is going to be the headline and this is what i'm talking about or do you know like specific publications that are more you know aligned with a certain idea so you're like i've got this story and that fits better with bone app or this this is, is a fun idea maybe we go through the places yeah. you write for mm -hmm. and then you could give us like <laughs> yeah. a brief characterization of the yeah, reader uh-huh for each types of pieces that they and like. the types of pieces they like to hear oh is boy. that it's a kind of an intense assignment you this don't have to do that intense, but i think yeah. it would be really interesting Thought you to told hear. me this was casual <laughs> yeah, that was just to get you in the door <laughs> casual and <quotation. laughs> now that you're strapped in <laughs> i know i've got this light in my the moon in my face yeah. and whew, full wow, moon no less always a full moon in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true it's really whimsical um <laughs> she says nervously <laughs> yeah. it's so whimsical <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like, okay, let's see. So my two favorite places to write for where I write regularly are Salon and Vine Pair. Um, Vine Pair is part of what is cool. So Vine Pair is like drinks and culture. And to me, this like writing about culture through the lens of drinking is really fun. Um, people have like, they're, they have interesting relationships to drinking, um, Here's a great example. Mm -hmm. I loved this piece. The glorious subculture of Chicago's grocery store bar regulars. Yes. Because we all go grocery shopping. Yeah. We all see the people sitting at the bar. Yeah. We all wonder what's going on there. But you're the one who went in yeah. and, and joined that culture and talked to these people. And I was amazed at how deep it is. Yeah. Because what's cool is as soon as you ask one person... Well, no, actually, the the idea for that piece came because I was going to the Mariano's on Lawrence. That bar is like, gets kind of raucous. Whoa. Yeah, like, there's mm. a piano in there, and people, mm -hmm. like, it, like, I remember shopping one time for, pro, you know, because it overlooks produce. So you're in the produce department, and you're looking, and you're like, whoa, like, people are kind of getting wild in the, <laughs> like, the grocery store bar, and they're, like, knocking them back. And, but I think it became sort of a corner bar for a lot of people, and it forms regulars, and because it's sort of transient like a bus station, everybody comes through the grocery store. The crowd is, like, wonderfully mixed, mm -hmm. like, different ages. I also, like, imagine for older folks living on their own in the city, it's, like, a great place to come, like, they're grocery shopping anyway, and, like, just chat a little bit. So it's, like, this wonderful range of people, and you just kind of go, well, there's something to this. Like, mm -hmm. I wonder. And, and you had no idea. I mean, there were, like, there was a wedding Oh my God, the way, yeah, there, um, that guy I interviewed is like a treasure. I love that guy. He, because he really 
claimed he he remained on the outside, but he became really invested in the people that would come to the bar. And like he got to know their stories and he would like observe, okay, these two met like they're, you know, this one and this one seem to be closer. And this one, like she's a cop and she always comes in at, at, like these days. So she's probably working later. She's not having a beer. And like, so he just like became upset. And so he became sort of like my in. And so the narrative is built through kind of through his eyes of, and then I would, the fun part is too, Instagram for me is amazing because I'll throw something up like, what do you think of a shower beer? Or like, do you ever drink at the grocery store? And people, the answers are amazing. Like I get a lot of response and a lot of it is like, sometimes it's like kind of deep, you know, like people, it's really fun. And I, I kind of hate social media for a lot of reasons, but I love it for. Yeah. Those rabbit holes lead to, I always think of John Wilson, like the rabbit holes that guy goes down and who knows how much of this is in editing or his, he's adding as a narrator, but I'm like, how on earth did you find these people? And it's just, it paints a really interesting portrait of New York city. That's the thing. Like, it, it's, you're limited, you know, for me, it's just me. I'm not working with a staff. It's just me by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes my editors will be like, oh, talk to this, you know, bartender. Oh, this person, or they'll have, you know, sources to help with. But a lot of times it's like me diving into like city publications, looking at like eaters, you know, different cities and randomly emailing like info at whatever you know like hi you know it's me (laughs) you want to talk about this and um but i love instagram for that it's been really fun to but yeah that so vine pair is cool because the first piece i ever wrote for um them my editor tim mccurdy who's really wonderful was about um what our glassware decisions say about us and the Mm. hook was i was interviewing for a job at kinfolk which is like super shishi yeah, yeah. <laughs> like aspirational magazine right i'm just for anyone listening who <laughs> for uh, yeah for tracy in wisconsin <laughs> um, <laughs> and like i remember it was a zoom and i remember picking this like brown smock and then i like picked a mason jar to drink out of because i thought that i would seem like this choice they'd be like you're everything we want and so but then i was like i bet people do that like they purchase glassware like aspirationally in their home yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like to project a certain persona. We have so many. Yeah. Do you have like a go-to as a bartender in your house? What do you Ooh, guys drink yes. out of? Just a big glass boot. Everything. <laughs> All boots. Yeah. Full, full size boot. Yeah. It's like big glass boot. No matter what the drink is. Communal boot. Long yeah. straws. And we all share Time for it. a glass of milk. There's fill the one. boot. So both kids and Ellie and I just all drink out of this one boot. I'm trying to think. I can't. I don't know the dish where you have. I think for I think me, it's like a over time, clear glass. <clears throat> over time, we've realized that. Well, I yeah, I mean, we still go against this rule, I guess. But for me, I appreciate anything that can be put into the dishwasher. Same. We have some very fancy like Zalto wine glasses that really delicate, thin stem, beautiful glasses that we actually got as wedding gifts um, from the Dankos. Shout out to the Dankos. Um, and there are some other, oh, like these Mud Witch ceramic mugs. Um, there's this um, the ceramicist out of California that makes these like beautiful ceramic mugs. Those are the only hand wash things really that, that I routinely drink out of. Oh, man. Um, but the rest, yeah, just like something that goes in the dishwasher. Utilitarian. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, Shannon, 
Shannon's uh, works in interiors, and she's very opinionated about glassware, but purely aesthetic, mm-hmm. not necessarily functional. Mm-hmm. So she's she's always like, oh, I want to get these glasses. I'm like, you got glasses like last week. But also she's like... You guys are always drinking out of thimbles. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> thimbles, yeah. Yeah, a little, yeah. Um, Fun size. <laughs> yeah, Shannon's like, they're beautiful. Yeah. Tim's like, yeah, I can only so, get one beer and so sip dainty. out of it. But I like that, because I also like that a glass, like, will tell you what to do. Like, you know, you drink like a martini out of a Nick and Nora. You're like, I'm going to sip this. I feel elegant, you know? Nick and Nora's are very pretty. But then a shot glass, it's like, (laughs) but (laughs) it's little, but. For whiskey, I like like a heavy crystal glass. I like the feel of a nice heavy glass in my hand. It feels, and it feels like they go together. I'm conflicted about that because I too appreciate like the heavy crystal, like, etched or like um you know textured kind of ribbed glass yeah um but when i like to drink when i drink things i like the glass to be very clear so that i can see what's in it oh. and it's like a, if you have it in a crystal glass or something it's like a, the liquid obscured and distorted yeah um, but i just like to see see the liquid very clearly oh i like that so that's like with do you think that's like but is that enjoyable to you or is that like a compulsion yeah it's a good question <laughs> You know? Great question. We have, have we to have noodle these, on that. Must look at the liquid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think it's like if you have a beautiful, like crystal clear block of ice in there. Yeah. Like if you're if you're looking at it through crystal glass or like a ribbed glass, you're not seeing that that ice in there is like pristine. Yeah. And the liquid's pristine with it. You're just it's like that could be any ice in that glass. It wouldn't look any different to you. It's funny because there is this like functional element, but like. Even though I know I'm going to drink probably almost the whole French press of coffee, mm-hmm. I like to drink it out of this little yeah. intelligentsia mug, and I fill it up bit by bit, and like... Makes sense. You know? And I think it's also an excuse to get up from the laptop. It's like, I'm going to go fill up my tiny coffee again. Yeah. yeah. You know? I appreciate that. You don't have the French press next to you? Keep no, 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 no. Keep it in the kitchen. I, I putter, like, yeah. relentlessly. That's a writer's move. Yeah, it's yeah. big time. I'm I have an outfit. I have a sweatpants, like, outfit. And if they're dirty, it's like, oh, no. Because then I have to wash them, and then I don't feel as comfortable writing in this. I should just get, like, a bunch of them, probably. Yeah. Like, Doug Funny. You, you Doug open funny. my closet. It's all these same. Another Doug reference. <laughs> Did you have another one? Yeah, on the Doug Saltis episode. uh, Oh, my God. I haven't listened to that yet. Tim had the clever idea to, well, I don't know if I should spoil it, I guess. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I tricked Danny in the intro. Oh, my God. No, and in the outro. Oh, you didn't didn't know I was going to do that? I had no idea. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We put a little Easter egg in the outro. Did you guys have a, were you like, let's do a podcast, like, in, were you, where um, we were talked you? about it for probably 10 years oh really no yeah. I'm kidding no. <laughs> it was like yeah. one day I was like you want to do a podcast today he's like yeah. okay yeah that was it Tim and asked like 20 other people and then he got yeah. to the 21st person he asked me I list. said no yeah <laughs> I was through my friends and I was already getting to my enemies and that's when I asked Danny <laughs> halfway between yeah none of Ooh, my friends not e- he's it. not even a top enemy he's like <laughs> midway he's down mid- yeah, lower mid- priority <laughs> yeah I'm right between the friends and enemies <laughs> classic frenemy yeah that's right yeah. Um, well we weren't going to start one but you guys stopped yours so we had to carry pick, the tour yeah. yeah that's right take up so, the baton yeah, all done This episode is brought to you by Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, a tasty, versatile spirit. Created in Chicago in 2012, the product was born out of a need for a bespoke iteration of the Old Tom style, which is the slightly sweeter predecessor to London Dry. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin carries classic notes of orange peel, juniper, and coriander, while balancing on a subtle floral edge 
thanks to the addition of Ozymandias blossoms. Its elevated proof is suitable in cocktails or unadorned. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, complete your bar. Now, oh, yeah. so we t- vine pear. We went over vine pear. <laughs> what, what was Salon. the other one? Salon. So yeah. the interesting thing about writing is, like, I think, I think people will see something like you're published in one place and be like, oh, cool, you're a success, done. But it's, and you're like, I am. I am. Thank you. Yep, you're correct. <laughs> you are right. I am a published writer. I've done it now. I can die um but it's like this slog you know like you kind of take what you can get so that is a good question though for you as a writer Mm -hmm. what does success look like oh god um success it's such a hard word like what are you like what's the thing where you're like oh once i do that Mm. i will think of myself as having made it and being a successful writer if you don't feel like that now it's interesting like i think i do feel on some level now because i'm these things I've thought of in like their purest form, like mm-hmm. these just weird ideas, um, weird, like sort of ways to relate to food, but not that weird, like relatably cartoony sort of. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah I think observant. of it as a success, but you made it seem like in that question, that well, someone... financially, no, I am not a success. <laughs> so that's the piece, but it's, it's hard. So my mom's an artist. And so since I was a kid, it was like hammered in like, you got to make money doing what you love. Otherwise it's a hobby. And so it was always like make, find a way to make money as a writer, find a way to keep writing, make money. So I would take jobs that I did not want just to keep writing. What's an example of a job you begrudgingly accepted? <laughs> oh God, so many. Uh, well, I remember your, your first 10 assignment, like, cause it wasn't that everything that you did for business writing. Yeah. Business writing. My, yeah. Literally I did not want to be a business writer, but I was for eight years because I could get paid and I was writing regularly. There weren't any articles in that time that you were like, oh, this is a pretty good one. I don't know. <laughs> good good, good, and interesting are two different things. Though. I mean, I think I respect that. That means like that's quite More a sacrifice fulfilling. to spend eight years uh, people doing like, something. You Oh, it's so nice. You're just like writing. You're not like doing a bunch of like copywriting for like ad agencies and shit now. And it's like, no, I like did this stuff for eight years and my, I'm, I've, my husband and I have been together since we're like 17. We're not having kids. Like we've kind of set up our life in part with like this obsession for me to pursue writing, like write these little stories. So success is like getting like the word out, like getting in its pure closest to pure form. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I feel like I've gotten closer than I've ever been in my life. Um, which that's cool. Like yeah, I'll take huge. it, yeah. you know, like, for sure. and it still is going to be a slog and it'll still, it, it'll still feel like, um, tenuous. Like, well, well, like if you interviewed me at the beginning of August, I would have been like, it's over. I'm never getting hired <laughs> again. Everything's terrible. You know, like, yeah. cause that's kind of the way yeah. it works. But, um, to have a few regular gigs, like where people are like, Oh, just do that. Like salon. I'm really grateful to my editor, Ashley Stevens. Like I'll pitch this thing about Kiko's and she's like, do it. Or like, that's cool. Part of what they liked about me in the first place was, um, Joseph niece, my, my former like day to day editor there. He read a piece that I wrote for food 52 during COVID where I was like, well, I can't sleep. So I'm going to make granola. Um, and it's like, kind of about how making granola gets you out of your head because everyone was freaked out and um everything was really scary and i'm like 
it was a little bit too about like, I'm on my phone, I'm scrolling through like, oh, maybe I'll buy these pajamas with the food on them. And then I'm like, oh, my, my hip hurts. I'm going to look, oh, now I'm going to go on WebMD and like, I probably have a disease. <laughs> and then it's like, but oh, you can smell the granola baking. Like, well, come back, come yeah. on. So like they read that and they're like, do that, do stuff like that. So do you almost get like validation in little mm-hmm. bits or like a little push to be like, yeah, do like try stuff, you know? So that's a gift as a writer. Cause a lot of times you're just sort of molding yourself to whatever an editor is looking for someone yeah. for like bone app. That's like a mass audience. Like, yeah. Is that the biggest audience that you write for? Uh, or food and wine. Probably. Maybe? I don't know. Actually. Um, I, probably bone. I mean, bone app is pretty, is, is a, a big publication. Yeah. Um, I think their Instagram is like 4 million, I don't know, a lot of followers alone, just like the socials. But they're funny because, like, I'm not a particularly creative, like, recipe writer, for example. But, like, if you read, like, people who follow publications for recipes, they are highly engaged. They know their shit. Like, if you, do you ever spend time on, like, the New York Times cooking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you look at the comments, they're amazing. Yeah, the I love the best. Comments. There's an Instagram account of the of the best comments. Are you serious? You gotta uh, follow it. I gotta follow it. It's really like, good. God, they're like, my, it's like. Tim runs it. Oh, that's fine. I see. Always no, I do not. I wish I, I wish I thought of that. Seems like, you ever heard of this great Ugh, Instagram account? Uh, it's just the best comments from the New York Times. <laughs> that one, uh, They're yeah. like, like. They are so detailed. And they're, and like, they're informative. Oh, I, I yeah. replaced a third of the flour yeah. for breadcrumbs. And you're like, what? Like this. And so can you imagine writing recipes yeah, for that? I that is hardcore. That. Yeah. And they will tear you down. I like the yeah. ones that are like, I'm actually from this place this dish originated from. And that's not how we do it there. Oh, this I is know. how we do it there. Do you know that happened? Like, so I wrote about roasted. chili con queso for the New York Times um, in May. Because there's a place in southern New Mexico called Chopes that makes chili con queso. Like, oh, God, it's so fucking good. Um, the hatch chilies, the long green chilies grow yeah. like 30 miles away. And they roast them on site, and it's the best at that smell. And they, nothing tastes like these chilies. And um, this little roadside place makes this chili con queso. They kind of make it like, it's like French onion soup, but with chilies. Mm. You know, it's like simmered, these that chilies in their, in their own juices, I like anything. It's like cook Did it in its own juice. Did you bring some with you for today? I brought a bunch of frozen chilies. I almost brought you guys a bat, but I was like, this is weird. Because I just have a bunch of frozen roasted chilies oh, nice. in, my, um, in my freezer, if you want any. Let me yeah, know. We'll just come over those, after yeah. this. I do yeah, have yeah. like a large <laughs> amount. <laughs> but, but like, it was funny when it published, somebody immediately in the comments is like, chili is spelled with an I, not an E when it's referring to the vegetable. And like all these New Mexicans are like, no, wrong. It's how we spell it in New Mexico. And they just shut wow. it down. Yeah, it was oh, beautiful. Awesome. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, that, that's like, awesome. My friend, um, my friend was like, are you looking at the comments? I was like, no, no, I have learned. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do that too. Like Yelp. I, yeah. That would kill me. We recently had a, a comment situation on our, on do you our, read them? Yeah. Do you read all of them? On we, our Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Cause I get notifications. Yeah. Yeah. We read them and then it gives us stuff to talk about. Just the two of us. <laughs> to talk about. Wait, are you we talking go. about comments in reference to your podcast or yeah. to your businesses? No. Well, now we're talking podcasts. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that, there's no forum for people to post comments about stock, right? Yeah, that's yeah, good Google point. reviews. Do oh, people, do you, and people yeah. do. Yeah, I mean it's a not like we're a, a uniform company. Like, <laughs> yeah, no one's really coming <laughs> after <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, people do it too. I mean, we got a review that 
This is what always happens for Scofflaw. It has usually very, very solid reviews from the people. But if if ever someone tries to come in with a kid, you know, we're 21 and up. Yeah. So it's like they just can't handle that. And they just write like a really nasty review about <gasps> how they can't have their kids come to Scofflaw. But it's like a very clear policy, 21 and over. It's how? like nothing that we're doing. We're just not letting them come in with a yeah. kid. Yeah. That's it. Is that, would it even be possible to bring, like... It would, yeah, we, it's just our policy to not allow kids. We had, it, we had a no kid policy at our wedding, which was a little problematic. Oh, boy. Yeah. Why? Just didn't want to deal with it. No, 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 not Where's why all, did you do it? I'm all, saying why was it problematic? Oh, yeah. did um, people, well, like, like, people actually got mad? Some people didn't Most weddings are like of that, it. I feel. Um, yeah. But also, like, our wedding was in the middle of the desert with, like, yeah, boulders you don't everywhere have to and stuff. It. Like, it, I don't think you have to defend it at all. Like, no. it's your wedding. You choose whatever. Yeah. My yeah. cousin's getting married in November. It's no kids. Like, yeah, I think but it's But don't okay. you like how people really like to give you advice about yeah. these things? Brutal. It, yeah, that was interesting. We got a lot of advice from parents on the wedding. It's like, well... It's uh, not your wedding. No. And yeah, also, you divorced, love. so. I like it. <laughs> I like it because like it it's like this, like this, they come with this, like, knowing tone, you know? Yeah. Like, mm, well, you know, you could do, like, if I could give one piece of advice after this many years yeah. of, like, crappy marriage, I would say. And you're like, oh, please, yeah, tell me how to do my event. Like, yeah, even, can't even wait. like a week before the wedding, That's, there was yeah. stuff like, well, what if you just did it? Because it was in California. Like, well, what if you just rented a barn in Illinois? I'm like, the wedding's in a week. Like, <laughs> just re- no, cancel it. Do the barn. That's better. Do it. Go back. You should have pretended and been like, wait a second. Did you say barn in Illinois? Do you know any? What are the rates? <laughs> To start Hold on, over. Sham. We got to call everyone. Start We're over. We're moving the wedding. That's Cancel right. the flights. <laughs> <laughs> One week to go. They're like, you got that business. It seems like it's yeah. successful. You can just do that, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. The Thanks. I just started saying, "Thanks for your feedback." Yeah, which is kind of condescending to say. Yeah. yeah. What else can you say? I don't know. I'll do the, exactly what you say. What if yeah. I just said that? They'd yeah. probably be unnerved. In too. hospitality, you learn every way to say that. Oh yeah. You know every permutation of like. What's your What's the one that know. you're most comfortable, like that kind of comes out the most comfortably? No, I think like thanks for bringing that to our attention. Mm, that's Let, very formal we'll sounding. We, yeah, we'll see what we can do. My go-to is well, that's certainly something to consider. Oh yeah, yeah certainly. You never just you just never want to say no. Yeah. You don't want to like shut someone down. You want to obviously make them feel like they're being heard. That's it. Then, being heard. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you implement their suggestion. Maybe you don't. I mean, mostly you don't. Yeah, but, you know, it's possible. Right. It like, is. Yeah, I mean, it's just certainly we, possible. It's certainly something <laughs> to consider. No, like there's, you know, people overlook stuff. I mean. Yeah. I It would be probably less likely in year 10 of a business than, you know, year one. But Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I've hospitality is very oh man i don't know how you guys do it it's tough i'm very impressed it's a by tough it. one. <laughs> to me it's like i don't know you're paying to come out to consume something you didn't make yeah like i don't know <laughs> no i mean like yeah in this day and age anytime i sit down at a restaurant i'm like this is kind of a miracle yeah like they're doing this relatively consistently the consistency the lights is are amazing on. yep I'm getting served this food. Yep. I might, yeah, not enjoy what I'm paying nowadays, but, you know, that's a small thing, I guess. Yeah. But it's like it takes so... about going out. 
Yeah, and it makes, but it takes so many things to happen correctly to make an experience of dining or drinking out a good one. And not even, not even like good in the way, like just like seamless and yeah. lovely, and like you didn't really have to think about it. Right, like, like so many things had to go yes. right. That's it. That it's like happen. this whole theater is happening exactly. furiously and all so around. And so many things went wrong yes. before service. Somebody didn't so show many things, up. Yeah, yep. Like it will happen during service. Yep. But for you to be unaffected is a miracle. I find that so strange that it's like very hard to conjure that these are human beings. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. trying sure. to make this happen. Yeah. And everyone has their own baggage that they're bringing to the job. And yeah. they have to like shut it down, compartmentalize. Do you know and... what is hard too, probably? And I imagine like because it's it's a bit of a hamster wheel. It's like you're only as good as yesterday or whatever. Yeah. That you never really stop and go like, oh, yeah. Look who we built. Yeah, that was kind of what Jason was saying, Jason Hamill. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to uh, it's tough to process that for someone like Jason and for Lula because to us, they're like maybe the most successful, you know, one of yeah. the most successful examples of what they're doing. Yeah. But if Jason is not able to, you know, be able to, you know, appreciate that and process that, like what hope is there? For, yeah, for right? but once yeah. you rest on your laurels, you know, yeah. like you got to, you have to stay uneasy, and and you have to be a perfectionist like that. Yeah, I guess so. It's hard too, though, because I was just talking to my husband about this. Like, I think you also have to think about like being able to let it, let it, certain things go, yeah. like let certain things be good enough so that you can step away and like maintain some semblance. And that's the balance. Yeah. That's insane. Like that's you have tough. to trust yeah. like, okay, it's not going to f- all fall apart. Like, yeah, that's something. Yeah. In our business, that's something we're working with is we, we yeah, have new hires and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were just got so used to it just being me, Mike and Jim doing everything, order fulfillment, like yeah. deliveries, everything. And then we get to a size where we can, afford to hire people to handle some of those tasks that leave us open to drive the business forward or work on more product development or things like that. Um, and that you do have to have that trust that they're going to do it as well as you could. And then it's also a matter of making sure an employee cares as much yeah. as yeah. you do. No one's going to care as yeah, much no as you. I, I, not true. Like Ooh, our employees are so good. That's amazing yeah, that you say that. The stock team right now is very, I'm very, very proud. Of I have a question yeah. for both of you. Who do you want to shout out specifically? Oh, Just yeah. one person. I there isn't one person. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah, is so good it. at their job right now. I couldn't pick a. I couldn't pick a single person. That's amazing. But they're doing it better than I could have, and we wouldn't have gotten there unless we could had enough trust to be like, okay, you're in charge of this now. And yeah, and it's like, wow, I, they're doing it better than I ever did. Yeah, if anyone wants to poach any great employees, like, but reach it out could to Tim's be company. no, don't. Just call, yeah, but yeah. I think it could Take be them because, from because yeah. their Take roles them from are so focused. But that's why he won't name anybody. See, hold on, no, no here's the caveat: their roles are so focused that okay. they're doing that thing yeah. extremely well, whereas. I was doing all of these things half assed yeah. because I was just one person. You're doing... So, and for both for of Jim you, and Mike and stuff, yeah. owning business, like, what are the areas that you find yourself like you can't help it? You got to get in there. Like, you can't let go quite. It's like, or even that you've done, maybe you've overcome, you know, like, oh, I always fixate on this, like, or I can't quite let this go. I can't quite hand this off. It's not going to be okay. Do you have that? Um, like, is there I any... don't have that anymore. But one thing was, well, because I'm head of product and I manage production and just like making sure a product's right before it goes out into the world. That's why I hate rush jobs. And I hate when people yeah. come to us and like, hey, we're opening in four weeks. It's like, 
well, we don't have proper time to test that product. Yeah. You're requesting a very specific fabric that's not intended for this. It's not uniform friendly. It can't go to a commercial launderer, things like that. Those give me anxiety. <clears throat> but now we have a technical designer who, and a product development person who are like, they, have, they went to school for it. I did not. They oh, have nice. decades of experience. I have a decade now, but it's all kind of self-guided. Yeah. Um, but it's like, these are experts. If they're okay with it, I better be okay with yeah, it. Yeah, that's know, like They're going to have a, a, a finer filter than I am. Yeah. I wonder, for you, is it like not allowing thick glassware? Because you can't see. <laughs> You're like, no, that can't go across the bar. I can't see yeah, the liquid. We have, we have etched stuff for sure. Um, <laughs> no, I... I think like the hardest thing to let go of is just overall hospitality, thinking oh, about how yeah. many experiences are happening every single day in those places oh. and just hoping that, yeah, I mean, everyone's being treated the right way and that people are going above and beyond and they're doing it the way you would. I mean, you, I think you yeah. just make peace with that. Some things might be, you know, way better than you would have done them. Some things might be worse. They're just going to be different. Yeah. And you try to manage it as best you can and, yeah. Oh man, that would be, but I yeah, like wouldn't have drink, slept like, for like a few years yeah, with I that think, on my brain. I think the first, you know, five years, it was hard to like trust in the drinks being executed to a yeah. certain level. And I don't have that concern anymore. That's so nice. In, yeah. you, in your position, you can't delegate because you are the writer. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think of like the role of AI in journalism? Oh God. What, what are we compromising handing these things well, off to a I mean, the writers should be compensated if their work is being scraped, right? Yeah. That's first and foremost. It's like a wild west right now. But also, the, these things aren't capable of original ideas. So there's right. always going... And it's like they can basically just, okay, write a story in the style of this writer with this information. But they're not up to date. So Right. It's, it's I think the all... data goes up to 2021. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, fine. Like... I suppose some stuff could be handed off. Honestly, it's just, I think there's always going to be a need for original thought. And yeah, original like that's the I, I agree touch. 100%. Yeah, and so I do think that it's bullshit that these beasts, Meta and Bloomberg, and are just scraping and not mm -hmm. compensating um, writers. You when know. they can certainly afford to. Oh, God, because that's the problem. <laughs> like, And I, it's interesting because, like... I don't think people understand what it takes to do really solid, deep, reported storytelling. Like, I still don't think people fully understand. And I think, but I think the audience that appreciates that is dwindling. Oh, I hope not. Fuck. I, uh, this happens often feel like, I feel where like, I'm like, uh-oh, I'm, a di I'm well, becoming many, a dinosaur in real time. Like, I'm very aware well, of this how is many, happening. How many people do you think are going to sit on their phone and scroll through Instagram or TikTok for an hour versus sitting down and reading publications? It's, it's sad sure to think it's about. I'm sure it's fewer. I'm sure it's fewer. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, too, because, like, I even see the way people interact differently with stuff I write. Like, I... Um, I wrote about tipping. Don't write about tipping. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted People are to, very passionate. Listen. I wanted to have a panel discussion about the oh, changes God. in I was like, uh, uh, pay structure in yeah. hospitality, and Danny was like, shut her down. No, shut it down. Um, yeah. Because also, yeah, America's think, right. too heavily armed for that, too. No, I'm that makes me afraid. And yeah. people are angry. And yeah. I think a lot of them don't even know 
why there's a lot of nuance to it i know i don't even want to talk about it oh no why am i talking about it but (laughs) partly what happened was i wrote about it for bon appetit i wrote about like wait and and they picked a really splashy headline it was like wait you're gonna have to tip another 20 percent on that 20 percent service charge or something and so people came at me like i almost quit instagram Mm. oh man but none of them read the piece you're a good follow you can't quit instagram Oh, I, I almost did. I was like shivering in my apartment. Like, can they, <laughs> can they find my house? Like, yeah. cause people are like, you're a hack. Like you're destroying independent restaurants. Fuck you. <laughs> you're a moron. You're a bad journalist. Like all this stuff, but they didn't even read the piece. They just read the headline, headline yeah. and then the caption, you know, and it wasn't an opinion piece. It was like, here's some approaches that different restaurants are taking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, here's kind of the state of things. So you can understand like the word salad on your receipts done it's then, why we don't engage with commenters oh i know it's very scary and so i i had this brief period of like but then i'm like no because there's like i don't know you also open instagram and someone made like a couch out of butter and you're like it's gonna be okay <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> butter and couch? that's something that i would see in your stories and yes. i would click yeah. through and look at it yeah. you're good at curating these uh bizarre little food related things yeah and like a mm. lot of anthropomorphizing animals and (laughs) plants yeah and so it's like these are forces of good we can't be shut down keep them coming like tiny little forces of good (laughs) you know all right tim i hate to break it to you but i think it's that time Really? I had more questions. All right, let's get... Well, actually, I could... I, maybe no. it's got to get a one or more, too. Well, all right, I, I, I saw your MSG piece, and I oh, was yeah. hoping which I could one? get just... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, which of the 33 <laughs> MSG pieces <laughs> I'm not you kidding. Mean? It's a weekly article. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, my well, uh, no, 1998 I just, MSG piece I, or the 2007 one? I want to get some clarity on MSG because I grew up thinking it was bad. Mm-hmm. Then I remember hearing a podcast about it being a hoax, and they actually tagged it to a single guy who started the rumor that it was bad mm-hmm. and i think it was like loosely based on racism i wrote about it because i was astonished to see a statistic that in 2019 42 percent of americans still thought msg was dangerous and i kind of was like wait this is over we like saw like everyone knows that was bullshit what? cultures that have grown up with it they, when they came here to the U.S. and opened restaurants, because people were scared of it, they felt the need to call out on menus, put a sticker on their windows, like, we don't use it. Yeah, no yeah. MSG, yeah. Yeah, um, even though it's... Delicious. It, yeah, it's not dangerous. It's literally like if you reduce down seaweed broth, I think it's like, that's what's left. Like, that's how this guy isolated it, right? Like this Japanese scientist, I think... Um, cause his wife was making seaweed soup and he reduced it all the way down. And like the component parts, it was like MSG basically, mm. um, glutamate attached uh, to sodium. Um, so it is natural. It's yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, they make it seem like it's some sort of like, uh, chemical. Yeah. Yeah. It's not chemical um, flavoring. And it also is it, honestly beneficial cause it, it enables you to use less sodium because of the umami, like mm. you're, so you like it, it enabled, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Sort of highlights the savory um, elements in a dish. So if you're trying to cut down your sodium, you use like MSG on your eggs instead of salt. It helps people to consume Mm. less sodium. Oh, that's Um, good. And it's delicious. That stuff has really stayed around. And Mm. I think that that people have, 
I don't think it's the responsibility of like a Vietnamese shop, like, you know, cafe to post like, to, to try to debunk this singularly. Yeah. I think as a yeah, culture... Yeah, we've been giving people your phone number. <laughs> Great. Yeah. To keep that up, <laughs> yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> like, there was this comedian, Jenny Yang. Um, she was... She, like, partnered with um, Ajinomoto, which makes MSG, to do a um, dinner. She was going to invite Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, she did invite Gwyneth Paltrow to dinner um, because Goop has all these oh, articles. Anti-MSG. Anti-MSG. Oh, really? Yeah, and she was like, oy, oy, oy. Uh, you guys, can you... And I think they finally scraped them from the site, oh. like most, if not all. But then it was like, as a final coup, like... Jenny was like, come to dinner. I'm going to cook you the food I grew up eating because it was amazing. And we used MSG as a seasoning. And, like, it's just as fucking good as, like, the beef stew you grew up. It's just wonderful comfort food. And come and we'll talk. And it'll be this great thing. And and it sort of closes that book. And she never went, you know. Like, she didn't show up. Yeah. yeah. I keep inviting Gwyneth over to <laughs> yeah. Me too. I mean, that is, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because Chris Martin's living with us right now. <laughs> oh, well... So as soon as he's out, yeah. which honestly should have been months ago, I don't <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. he's doing. He's hanging in there. All right. All right. And then one other thing I want to talk about. Uh, have you gotten any blowback on a, on a review? On a review? Yeah. Uh, and have you ever like changed your mind on a review? Or something you dreaded publishing? Like you felt like it was going to ha- have blowback or cause blowback? The hard thing is with Time Out is it's very optimistic by nature. So if I haven't really written like any takedowns, so if I've gone to a place and been like, ooh. You don't write about it. I don't write about it. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, it could have been the tipping article obviously had a lot of blowback. Yeah. yeah it doesn't um, have to be like a negative something. I got a lot of blowback on that. I got a blowback on, I wrote a piece. Um, so Danielle Norris, she's like a rep for Cream Wine. She's amazing. She told me how she got rid of, um, how she got dairy out of her diet because she's lactose intolerant. And she did this like, weekend where she cooked all this stuff with like tons of dairy in it it was like this celebratory it was not it was like a celebratory like funeral kind of a farewell to dairy yeah and i wrote about it and i compared it to a new orleans jazz funeral (laughs) and this guy (laughs) wrote me an email and he was like how dare you besmirch new orleans jazz with like talking about farting and stuff (laughs) it was so mean it was really cutting I deleted it. Now I wish I had it because I would like, I feel like I'd like to read it now, yeah. like over and over again. But oh, it's I deleted gone it. It's gone. I deleted oh, it because I, I panicked when I first, I know yeah. I wanted, oh, I should have, but yeah. <laughs> if um, I deleted it, never happened. I do get, like, I got a lot of response on Warlord. Mm. Um, I still haven't read your Warlord piece, actually. I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit. Also, be. I haven't, I Wait, haven't so uh, eaten was, there yet. So what did you, I mean, general gist of what you said and then what was the blowback? Um, or the feedback, I guess. Well, it's just very buzzy. Everyone's obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, Do you think that's justified? The food's great. It's like so elemental. Yes. Yeah, I don't like that they wouldn't answer my follow-up questions. Mm. Yeah. Because um, it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to like shed more light. Like I had a few questions about like stuff. I also wanted to know why they had a trash fire in the back. <laughs> I assume they're they're making like wood chunks, but I never saw anyone retrieve them. And there was just like a trash fire with a big industrial fan on it in the back. Hmm. And it felt like a very cynical accessory. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's kind of a hipster place. But also the music is really loud. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, you're paying 
it's expensive to go out to eat and I don't want to like scream at the people next to me. Yeah, honestly, that's been like a deterrent for me. And maybe I'm just resident old guy here. No, it's I'm your, old. It's your tinnitus. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't, yeah. Oh, you that, have tinnitus? A tiny bit. Oh. But yeah, it's like, it's more just the idea of having super loud music when I'm trying to like have a I dinner with someone. I asked a youth about this recently who's 24 because I was like, do we just. Do, do you just eat like at one point you reach an age and you're like nope like and up until then you're like yeah i want to go out to eat and like scream at the people across yeah, me no but way. i feel like that it was like when i was young it was more like you go to a bar and it's loud and you're like let's dance but even that was mm-hmm. my least favorite part of kumas when it was when, <laughs> oh, I, was, when yeah. I first started going there i don't I, know i'd go there and i'd like sit there and i'm like whoever i'm with I don't know. It didn't feel that important to talk to. It's like, I just like the burger and I'd go and I'm like, this is yeah, the, the, the vibe. Fine. Yeah. yeah. But that's, yeah. You were like, this is the vibe. You tolerated it. You weren't yeah. like stoked about loud, heavy metal music while you're eating. No, burger. I am less tolerant as of sound yeah. and, and standing. I know I probably said this a dozen times on the podcast, but like, I don't want to stand for live music anymore. Like oh. I like Chicago theater because I can sit in my chair and yeah. enjoy the music. And I don't have to worry about people standing in front of me, standing in front of Shannon I can just like relax yeah, that, and enjoy. I, I yeah. agree with that. I, yeah. I don't like being bumped into by people trying to make their way to the stage. I, I'm over that. I've reached a point in my life where I don't want to do that anymore. Unless it's like that. a really special show. I support that. I like that Ravinia you. for the same reason. Yeah. Sit in the grass. Yeah. That's Maybe I'm just old. But like also stand like. Stand right in front of Tim at Ravinia. <laughs> yeah. He's got his spread. <laughs> just and keep I stand moving. Right. If I were tall, I would do that. I would follow you around to shows <laughs> and I'd stand right in front of you. Yeah. He's got to wear stilts. To me, the Warlord thing, well, everyone was obsessed with the burger. I'm tired of burgers, man. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. Um, but I, I think it it made me think about this whole thing of, like, what's going out to eat for, and right. I don't really want to be pummeled by loud music, but I do think it's exciting, and I think there's a lot of attention and pressure on them, and maybe they're like, fuck it, turn the music all the way up and drown all this out, and we'll just make our food. They're just creating there. Yeah. But I find that sort of hostile but, to yeah, the people sitting like... in the room. Antithetical to hospitality, though, if you're just doing something for you. Yeah. Because the definition of hospitality would be creating an environment that would be welcoming and warm for people. But the people want, they're showing up, they're lining up. I think because it's different. Yeah. People want that buzzy, different. And it sounds like the food's really good. So, you know, props to that. seems like the quality is very high. Very elemental. I probably will still try to check it out. (laughs) Yeah, we need to get there uh, I will grin and bear it if the music is that loud. I guess if it's that loud, I would just walk right out. Like, if it's above a threshold, I'm probably not going to be able to tolerate it. Well, you're going to have to wait an hour and a half to get your table. And then you walk (laughs) in and walk right out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you. People behind you in the queue will be stoked. No, I'd be like, I need to go use the bathroom. I need to check it out. (laughs) Oh, that's actually, sorry. I know we want to get to the gratuity run. But at what point can you walk? Do you guys feel comfortable? Like, this is is an an example. Last Mm -hmm. week, Shannon and I were walking around in the West Loop. Shannon was grabbing drinks after work with some coworkers. And she's like, let's go grab dinner. We wanted sushi. I'm like, what if we just walked over to Nobu? We're like, okay. We go in, we walk up, get up to the rooftop. We're like, this is a weird vibe. Like oh. we got seated mm-hmm. and we're sitting there well, and like, got seated. That's, that's well, weird to so leave that's hold on, weird hold on. To leave. we were seated, but the server had not come to the table He's yet. So we were sitting there though. and, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm not feeling this, I, but I didn't say anything. And Shannon's like, 
I'm not feeling this. Or I'm like, uh, ooh, no, we got to get out of here. And uh, Is that the grace period? No one's come over I think yet? it's before. Was there, yeah. Did you have, was there as... water on your... Was no. There? Oh. there was no water. There was yeah, no server. I think server. you got out we just in the nick of time. Seated. But if you had been seated, that's... If the water had been poured, you got to stay. Yeah. So here's the here's the move that Shannon pulled, which was brilliant. Because I'm like, I'm like, I will leave. I'm not comfortable leaving. But if you initiate the leave, I will go. She was oh, like, God. I poop my pants. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. That's, a, that's, that's it. A no, great I do. Because yeah. they don't want you to stay with you Shannon. You feign a real <laughs> emergency situation. Yeah. Shannon goes, I just realized I left my credit card at the last bar we were at. We'll be right back. <gasps> that's also. I, did, I didn't like the, <laughs> the we'll, we'll be right, right back. We'll be right back. I don't condone the we'll be right back. But I thought it was like, a pretty They're still waiting for out. you guys. They're still, still waiting. That guy's still at they the table. They haven't let anyone sit there yeah. since. Yeah. They're like, no, no, no. Someone's coming They're like, right no, back. No, she, she no, just went to get she her credit She said card. it yeah. should be no, any minute. she swore. We're not closing. They've just continuously stayed open this whole time. And I'll tell you what. I was I was very sad. I'm just pranking I was very sad to not have the Nobu food because I think it is delicious but we walked over Hopefully to they don't hear this episode <gasps> yeah oh god i'll let you go back do you think de niro's a they're listener? gonna put your face on the chef wall. nobu and, and robert de niro are sitting together listening oh to this <laughs> definitely <laughs> no. holding hands um, but we walked over to sushi doku and we sat at the bar and i i looked in the kitchen and i'm like i looked at i'm like you know this you're right this is the vibe oh, and it was like great and as the meal delicious. ends they get their check and they both had left their credit cards somewhere oh else. my they god they'll left. be right back they swear don't move so they got a free meal it's a classic. My dad tells a story about when he ran out on the bill at the Union Oyster House. I make him tell it like over and over. It's so funny. Okay. He was like, he had just graduated from Northeastern University. It's in Boston. Yeah, I've been there. You ha- I mean, I think yes, it's, it's yes, kind yeah, of an it's, institution. It's a huge, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yep, and yep. he like tells this story and he does the play-by-play and he's, my dad's like second generation irish american like in like a scamp you know that's, like that's my dad and he loves this story and he's like oh i'm there with you know timmy and jj everybody has like you know it's like a little nickname like not like you know and then it's like diggins and like <laughs> and like one by one they like half the stories the nicknames for everyone it's truly and then by, it's like uh oh, diggins where what happened to Diggins you know and then it's like you tangent tangent but then he tells it how like they were just these like shitheads they were 22 or whatever mm-hmm. and one by one they just got up one's like I gotta go to the bathroom and then they just ran down what is it I don't know what's the Beacon Hill or I don't yeah, know whatever yeah. the Boston anyway I always think about <laughs> that story I haven't ever run out on a bill. I just yeah. want to say I haven't like used Same. that as a guiding light in my life. Yeah. I haven't either. Same. I've oh, never, you did, you I've never dined and ditched. No, me you either. You pre-ditched a dining experience. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I you did. ditched, yeah. but you didn't dine. <laughs> I forgot to and, dine. Yeah. And you wove a small web of lies in the process. <laughs> yeah, you did. yeah, you don't even wow. want to know the butterfly effect of it all. <laughs> Shannon's got all. Yeah. We have charts hanging up in the living room to make sure we keep it all straight. It's a disaster. Uh, <laughs> All right, now okay. we can get on to the gratuity oh, round. Gratuity round. Mm-hmm. Final gratuity. sip of your uh, oat latte, oat $8. milk latte. This is when Tim asks you whether or not gratuity is, uh, you know, expected. Oh, no. Talk about tipping No more culture. tipping. No. <laughs> no more tip questions. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to get hate mail for ta- even talking about yeah, it. For even mentioning the word. Amazing. You're going to have to turn your comments it. off on Instagram. I'm going to save it, though. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. All right, here we go. What is your death row meal? Okay, this is complicated because I was thinking about this. Because mm. I, okay, just buckle up. So mine will kind of span uh, generations. Like, <laughs> co- uh, there's one from element from Spain. So it's a bit complicated. Oh, continents. Mm-hmm, continents. Uh, basically, it would be, I'd start with like a martini, probably be like a little dirty and as many East Coast oysters as I can fit in my body. Then there's like this bar in an uh, in old neighborhood in San Sebastian, Spain mm. called Chipecha. And they only, they basically only serve like marinated anchovies. Mm, I really wow. like little oily fishies. Yeah. And they have one that they put like little diced peppers on, diced peppers and onion or something. It's so good. Like so, piquillo peppers? Yeah. Sort of I situation. don't know what kind of peppers they are. I think they even remember they're probably like lightly marinated Marinated, or something it's heaven um then i would probably have like a cleanser (laughs) cleanser course course. (laughs) okay not a cleanser like a soul warming course of um margaret pack who owns that too her rasam uh which is like an indian tomato and tamarind soup it's Ooh. like volcanically hot. She got She'll the... be on the pod soon. Oh, she's the she best. Will. She's just a giant heart. Yeah. I love her so much. Um, I'm going to ask about this Rossum. So she, I was with her when she tested it because we made a zine together um, oh. for Sadia, the, um, the vegetarian. Like they celebrate fall harvest in Kerala with the Sadia. And she was testing the Rossum. It's like, it's so comfy. It's she, and she's Korean. So she likes stuff like volcanically hot, like Mm -hmm. soup in Korea is volcanically hot. And so there would be that. Then, (laughs) uh, salad, I'm a big salad person. I don't know. It would either be like butter lettuce with like tarragon dressing mm-hmm. you know i'm mustard. with you on the butter lettuce that's i love yeah. butter that's the lettuce. best the texture best mouthfeel. oh mm-hmm. yeah like velvet mm-hmm. little ears anyways and then or it would be um there's a restaurant in west wego louisiana called mosca's Whoa. it's like on the side of a highway wait that's what ronnie was talking about right <gasps> i think it is yeah. actually oh, ronnie. Guys, yeah. this place is heaven isn't it yeah but it's like not yeah, it's Easy not near. It's like a far to get from you New from a quarter, right? Yeah, it's hard. It, yeah, and you're literally on the side of a highway. Yeah, um, Ronnie mentioned it is most Moscas. Yeah, and they make like jardinera salad with iceberg lettuce and Whoa. like chopped up jardinera. It's so good. It's so crunchy. All right, Tim, is it actual jardinera? Or is it like muffaletta? It um, might be muffaletta, but I call it jarred salad because yeah, well, I'm I, from a Midwest. Listen, yeah. my accent. I call yeah. it jarred salad. Yeah, jarred salad. That's right. And then I might eat their their pasta with Sunday sauce and meatballs mm. or like or second jarred salad a week a year daisies makes this kitara pasta with mm. sun gold sugo nice. i really love tomatoes 
Another okay. spoiler, Joe Frillman coming on the pod. Oh, my God. That's right. Wow. It's like in the All air. All the greatest hits. Yeah. Greatest hits. I thought you were canceling because you guys had a, you and Danny had a falling out. And this is the <laughs> last episode. <laughs> yeah, she, went to, she went to Scofflaw and when I went to get her, I'm like, you know, this will be, this could be our last uh, podcast recorded here. She's like, oh, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, Danny and I had a falling out. We got in a big fight before you got here. And I was but like, really, it's just because we're moving the studio. I'm going to yeah. turn around. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the last thing, it would not be dessert because I don't really like dessert, which I think is probably problematic because i'm a critic i will eat it i like it whatever kindlesburg doesn't do it either i just am not a dessert person and um there would be so there'd be wine pairings throughout Mm. (laughs) um however i don't really know shit about wine i just really love it i like really enjoy it danielle what should i drink it has like ephemeral i'm like yes i'm all in when i'm drinking it but um there's a person Cub Dimling, who is a former partner at Red and White and now is a partner at Motor Shucker. Mm. And they're like a magician with Parents. wine. And like every single time Cub has picked a wine, it's like exactly what I want. It goes exactly with the food I'm eating and it makes me feel like really great. So it would be this weird hodgepodge of like, that would be it. And then I'd probably have like a Maro Nonino and then I would die. Mm. What a way to go out. That's a great right? way to go out. There you go. And you probably die of all that jet lag. Totally. And yeah, it's very impossible. I mean, this last meal would span weeks. Yeah. And That's you got to dine and ditch, too. Yes. They're I never going to catch up with you. They won't. Tyranny like, style. Yeah. You know, I left my card at that little bar yeah. in Spain. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'll be right back once <laughs> I get it. Oh, I also lost my passport. But you know yeah. what? I'll get that reissued. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Hold my, my tail. you swear. Yeah. All right, <laughs> moving on. What is your favorite hidden gem restaurant at the moment? Uh, oh. Isn't and is this going to spoil a piece? No. Writing okay. Um, there's a place on Lawrence called Sweet Moon, like Lawrence and Damon, and they make the most magical breakfast. Wow. Mm. And they do really beautiful pastries too. They also wow. have an amazing bagel sandwich. Um, but they make their omelets are wonderful and they come with like perfectly cooked little asparagus, perfectly seasoned little roasted potatoes. It's like, and the, the, the last one I had, I had mortadella, um, and I forget what the cheese was, but it's like sort of, it's precious. It's beautifully made breakfast. Yeah. Cool. Sweet moon bakery. Uh huh. It's wonderful. Wow. And I think they have a good following. Culinary journey. I think they have a good following, but my other favorite one is in El Paso, Texas. Ooh, go on. Um, there's a strip mall. It's called, it's on Glory Road, so we would call it the Glory Hole. <laughs> oh, boy. Because <laughs> it's a really dumpy, like, little strip mall, and there's, like, always broken bottles in the front. And I think it's, like, a T-Mobile store or something. But next to it is this restaurant called Sinbad. They make, like, I think it's Lebanese, judging from, like, the way the tabbouleh is. This food is unbelievably good. Amazing lentil soup, perfect falafels. Wow. Absolutely incredible tabbouleh salad. The chicken shawarma is heaven. Like, this place is just... so. We, and, like, when I lived in New Mexico, we had to go to El Paso to go to Whole Foods because I couldn't buy Parmesan cheese anywhere. Oh. So we'd go to the Whole Foods in El Paso. And the Parmesan cheese is kind of old because no one used Parmesan cheese mm. in the borderland. So we would always go to Sinbad for lunch. Hmm. Sinbad. Oh, God. Yeah, if you're ever in El Paso. Texas town of El Paso. That... Just playing house party on the TVs inside <laughs> nonstop. I mean, for yeah. Guests, Sometimes, yeah. Or like it was like baseball or like movies yeah. that you'd find on USA Network. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. Tim was a huge Sinbad fan growing up. Oh, I love God. Sinbad. First Isn't kid. Isn't yeah. First kid's oh, yeah. my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Housecast first kid. Is it really still? Yeah, it's about Chelsea Clinton. Does it stand the test of time? <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> there was like an era of kids' movies where like these children were in extremely powerful positions. Yes. Like yeah, Blank Check. Blank Check was yes. another favorite of mine. That was a great one. Oh, yeah. And Richie Rich. Richie yeah. Rich. Yeah, yes. that was like definitely a trifecta. The Kidapult. Oh. Wait, but I mean, epic. <laughs> I do kind of want to revisit these. Yeah, yeah they're hey, good. This could be your next piece. Oh, God. That was Mac Culkin post oh, Home yeah. Alone. Mm. That's when the parents were home. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. His parents weren't rich enough in the, the Home Alone <laughs> movies, but. <laughs> Children in uh, suits. Actually, no, he was Home Alone in that movie, too, because the parents were lost at sea. How do you remember yeah, this? I've and seen this movie I don't a bunch remember of the times. Narrative. I remember in the opening scene, the president's like asking for a loan. <laughs> <laughs> like from his, his parents, you know, they like have that screen that comes I mean, out. that's not too different from uh, Succession. Like they're oh, always like. Yeah. They got that from Richie Rich. Yeah, that's it. Once you get to that yeah. level. Probably a lot of things have been pulled from Richie yeah. Rich that we don't even know. Dogs with dollar signs on them. Mm-hmm. That trend that's Big coming trend. back. Jenkos are back. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. They are. They are. They are. Let's get it back on track, baby. Oh, All sorry. right. Danny's got a hard out. I forgot. Oh, actually, sorry. We do have a hard out. We have a <laughs> meeting after this. All right. Uh, who's your favorite food writer to read? Do you have Do you have one? Um, I really love to read. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I love to read Ruby Tando. She was on a um, Great British, British Bake Off. Hmm. She was like early. Um, she's a beautiful writer, just like she writes, um, she's in London. She writes about like, she did a piece recently for the New Yorker. It was like about a sturdy pastry that you can take on walks. You know, it's sort Mm. of like, it's in my, I'm very Maggie like, yeah, it's whimsical. I also love Will self, but he's not traditionally a food writer. He became a critic for a little bit. His reviews are sensational. Hmm. Yeah. He was like in the nineties, the observer. I like British people, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. <laughs> the okay. way with words, you know, sure. wordplay. Sure. I yeah. like that. Motherland. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite fast food? Ugh. I don't know. I like a Culver's burger on the road. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you done any fast food writing? Salmon Culver's is just. It's got to be your next tattoo. Yeah, I guess. I, w- I wasn't going to indulge. I wasn't just. I know. You just let that one go by. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. We've spent enough time talking about it with Oliver. I know you have. <laughs> oh my so I think it's had a full half hour on Culver's. It looks like, though, I can see it. Are you upset? There's like a vein in your <laughs> no, head. No, no. <laughs> yeah, Danny just burst a blood vessel in his eye. Is there blood coming out of your ears? I can't see anymore. Yeah. Oh, my God. My last time at In-N-Out, I was high, and I got really scared. I got really overwhelmed. Mm. Because okay. we were trying to hover over a table. Yeah. Oh, because oh, it was like pack a table. And they're like, my friend was like, oh, it's, I was a little hungover and I got high and it was like, let's just hover over this table. And I was like, please, I don't want it. And I got really overwhelmed. And so in and out went down for me. A were you, was enough. it in LA? Seems like no fault. It was, in Palm, it was Palm Springs. We, oh, Palm Springs. And then nice. we went to that dinosaur, sorry, that roadside. Ugh, it's like a creationist, but he made a dinosaur uh, garden it's horrendous and we gave a donation then i was like fuck this guy's a creationist anyway <laughs> we'll be in palm springs <laughs> next month oh i love it there i do too it's like my favorite spot oh, I that's love where we got it. married <sighs> well actually in the high desert uh pioneer town cool oh it's a great place all right what is your favorite cocktail um, I'm loving a Martinez at the moment. Oh, well, we did our piece on the martini. I know. All right, Martinez. The 50-50. Got it. Yeah. And what's the variation? 
what the Martinez yeah is basically just old Tom Gin sweet vermouth uh, maraschino and optional orange bitters mm-hmm. if only there Served was a good up. local option for uh, an old where, tom would, gin. where would one yeah, get I mean, the scoffa old tom gin was created basically for the martinez and the tom collins i love that does drink. it have a, a subtle floral hint thanks to the <laughs> addition of osmanthus blossom oh my god <laughs> tim you are a pro yeah, yeah. Wow, wow that was impressive. great memory pretty good yeah, yeah. i'm uh, fully intimidated yeah. <laughs> intimidator I'm free. I'm fully yeah, free. he's the intimidator, intimidator. Yeah. all right all right <laughs> what unexpected trivia category would you dominate? Uh, oh. I think you'd have a good one here. Something obscure. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really weird. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, the, this is weird. The, the Jane Austen novel, Emma. Mm. Okay. Um, Required reading. I, re- I Well, I like to read Jane Austen when I can't sleep. It's, I'm soothed by like the polite, endless yeah. dialogue. I know that book really well. And as a result... I subsequently watched every adaptation that's like ever been made. Like oh there's boy. like a four part series on PBS. The movie Clueless is based on Emma. Hmm. And then there have been a few Emma's one starring our favorite goop gal, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Oh, man. And then another with Anya Taylor Joy. So oh, I'm like, that's a new, yeah. The new I'm like an expert on Emma. Okay. That's good. So, wow. Yeah. I know. Now we know. I'll take Emma for 5,000. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, I'm That's glad we asked. Answer, yeah. yeah, I'll have to revisit that when I'm next time no, I'm you, sleepless. No, you don't have <laughs> yeah. to revisit it. I, I would. What's I the best won't. version? What's the best? Like, is it the four-part PBS yeah, thing? Yeah, fucking four-part PBS. Yes. That's the best one. Ramala Garai is a delightful. Better than the Gwyneth one. Better than Anya Taylor-Joy one. Yes. Okay, Anya Taylor-Joy, cool. it's very now, very in the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. But I really like Ramala Garai. She's lovely. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> To what do you attribute your success once you stop laughing? <laughs> yeah, you didn't warn us about people slamming their I feel headphones a little bit like, does, do people need to be in my head? Probably not. Yeah, this is a great one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. Uh, my success, as I have aforementioned, is, that's a weird word for me, but I will say my partner, um, oh man, I feel like I'm going to cry, because Ooh. we kind of set up our, like, he's he's been incredibly supportive of my compulsion to be a writer, like until I'm dead. Um, so you guys have been together since you're 17. How yeah. did you meet? Uh, in high school. I dated his friend first. No. Yeah. Where's the friend now? The friend is, has like a million kids and lives in the South. He wow. moved away and broke my heart when I was 15. Bastard. He got like a Southern accent, you know, way too quick. Yeah. And I was That's listening. like Tim's friend Bunsen. You have a friend that got a Southern accent uh, too fast? No, I don't, but I have a friend. An uh, there's a kid on my tennis team who transferred to Alabama. Mm-hmm. He went to Lake Forest College right here in the Midwest, 30 miles north of Chicago. He went, moved, transferred to Alabama. I saw him a year later. He's like, what's going on, y'all? I'm like, no. <gasps> no. You could have at least pretended that, that Bunsen got an accent. Bunsen, uh, no, he's taking he on. I think it was very funny. He's taking on some pretended. southern words. He, I think he says y'all, but he's not like. I say uh, y'all. Yeah, y'all's fun yeah, to say. That one's crept up to the north. It has. I mean, I went to it school is, in Us Yanks. Now you say if you say y'all, do you also say all y'all, the plural version? No, I feel like an imposter if I yeah, do that. Yeah, you can. <laughs> that's taking it a step too far. It's forcing so it. So you've been together since high school. Yeah. It's um, very cool. Yeah. His so when Scott last name redacted broke up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I he was uh, my husband Sean's best friend. Um, I like remember I was like listening to a lot of Elliot Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, XO. So that's Fuck how yeah. it was. Really crushed. It was great. Did you 15. like Elliot better than you like uh, 
Sufjan John Stevens. At that time, yes. You going hard J on Sufjan, Danny? It's. I think it's. I know. Not. I don't feel. I think Sufjan is not real. Sufjan. I think it's Sufjan. Sufjan. I, I don't think it's Sufjan. I think people started saying. They just started Ron doing John it. Surf shop. <laughs> yeah. That what That's I'm what curious. everyone's always thinking of. <laughs> I, however, way I used to say it, someone schooled me, and they're like, "No, that's not correct." But maybe oh. it was that I was always just saying. See, Sufjan. and all it takes is one person with confidence yeah. to just destroy you. No, I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. Me too. But yeah, so we became friends. They were friends. So then we became friends. And then he made me like a mix CD. And I was like, I love this guy. <laughs> and then he asked me to be his girlfriend. And I was like, no, it'll ruin oh. our friendship. And then like an hour later, I was like, okay. And so we've been together ever since. Wow. Yeah. So I- we've built like, you know, we've kind of so my success is him um yeah and, and it's also shit tons of practice yeah. yeah um continuing to compulsively write every single day yeah is that something you force yourself to do i don't force it but i mean i like, love do, how many I mean, hours do you, a day are you like okay i'm writing from eight to three do you have I like li- set times? yeah i like the morning a lot okay i like to get are up you fucking with your flow right now no because it's friday i tend to Oh, you take Friday off. I give myself less pressure on Friday. Okay. Like sometimes I'll write in the afternoon or, but Monday, this is weird. I love writing on Monday morning. Like I love it. I don't know why. Start your week off, right? Yeah. I like, I love it. And then, so yeah, I try to write all morning. Um, It depends on the day. Sometimes I'm doing a shit ton of interviews and then the day gets away, but I like to write in the morning the most. Real quick on Sufjan Stevens, because I listened to a lot of him in college. You mean Ron John Surfshop? Yeah, <laughs> same thing. Same. It's one of the euphemisms. Right. Uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for that guy because he's like, you know what? I'm going to write a, a full album for all of, of the state, 50 and he states. Only did two. Yeah. Then he got like, I think he got in. He got three in. And he's like, fuck. I think it. just two. Yeah. Is it Michigan, Illinois? Was there a third? Do you know? Uh, maybe it is just Michigan and Illinois. Too, right? Do you know? I think I have like a lot of. Um, I admire David Bowie a lot, and I feel similar. Like he'll, he just gets. He would get ideas, yeah. or get in, and then he's like, that's "I'm like, done with this. Fuck this. I'm like moving any on." Creative person, that's it. Has that's, like huge yeah. ideas, yeah. huge ambition, and then to actually follow through all yeah. the way. I mean, it's, I remember it's hearing wild an interview with him, with and he was like. If I could have just paid someone to do Ziggy Stardust on tour, I, I should have. Because I was so done with it after I had the in. idea and made, you know, did, created the... And then I was like, ugh, on to the next. Fuck I this. totally identify with that. Same. Me too. Just let... Please, just stop asking me to do Ziggy Stardust again. <laughs> I mean, we I mean we have ideas all the time we're talking to each other about. It's like, that's, what percentage of them are going to be It's important. That's yeah. important because, like, when you start a business, you don't say, like, you're like, it's like, that's what you're interested in at the moment. You're not like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I know. Yeah, it's, that's tough. That's why writing was fun. Because I'm like, I'm not yeah, becoming like an editor, editor in chief, like yeah. overseeing calendars. Nope. It's like, here, yeah. take my ideas. Ple- someone, please. Hello. Yeah. Should we make the podcast finite? Should we announce the end <laughs> <Yes>. of it? <laughs> No, it's like enough is things. enough. Or you know what you could do? You could <laughs> retire and then come keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Full all of right, Grateful Dead. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And our final question. Oh, there's another one? That's right. Oh. What advice would you give a younger version of yourself? Oh, myself? Uh, take more risks sooner. Just okay. try. Don't be scared. Like, your voice is worth it. It's valid. It's You don't need to prove anything. Yeah, you were bashful. I was, uh, I think I was afraid that I didn't fit. And so I kind of got in my own way. 
for a long time. I think for a writer, that's a, your unique gift. Yeah, but it takes a long time to realize that because right. you're trying totally. to prove yourself for so long. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's applicable in every exactly. Yeah, for sure. yeah. all right, like, great. <laughs> all right, Dan. all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. This today. was so fun. Yeah. Thank you, Maggie. Bye. Bye. <laughs>that concludes our conversation with maggie hennessy thank you for tuning in this week and be sure to check us out on social media at joiners pod on instagram for exclusive content cocktails reels and even throwback photos of our guests on thursdays this episode was produced by matt haddock music by captain cuts and our reels by the one and only joe guzzo the third thank you for listening we'll see you next week